This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report, and we have a ton to cover today. Let's get to it again. Welcome to the Ed Martin, excuse me, the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin. I am Ed Martin. Please visit at Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter and at Ed Martin on Parler and Gab. Uh, also, Ed Martin Live on Facebook. All those places you can track me down. But here's the tip. ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Go there. You can sign up for my daily email. Comes out at 5 a.m. on the West Coast, 8 a.m. on the East Coast, and everywhere in between on the hour. And every day, Monday through Friday. Also there, you can see all these great interviews I've been doing and follow along there. Okay. Well, what you now know during, you know, in about nine minutes from now when I'm done with this, you will know all there is to know about this key moment in history and an aspect of what's going on. And as per usual... I will rely for a big chunk of this on the great Julie Kelly. Julie Kelly, who writes at American Greatness, amgreatness.com. Her Twitter handle is at Julie underscore Kelly number two, at Julie underscore Kelly number two. You should follow her on Twitter. You should check on Twitter just to see what she's up to. She not only um, sort of collates all of the writing on uh, January 6th and uh, COVID and the election and politics in general, but she takes on the right Twitter uh, nitwits and she pokes holes in them. And so today um, I was reading her a number of times, and I have to bring this to you, this is really super important because she has identified, and so a couple days ago, I had some, I read someone, I don't know where, I read someone, I didn't hear it said, I read someone who said, what's the difference between the gulag, you know, in the Soviet era, the gulag, they would send people to the gulag, you, if you were a loud mouth or you did something that wasn't in favor with the communist regime, you were sent to the gulag. I think in communist China, you get sent out with the Uyghurs or whatever, but that was the term, the gulag, and it was sort of popularized, and, and there probably were other prisons and other uh, places, work camps and things, but that's what you'd say. So I heard someone, I read someone writing something like, the gulag in America might well be getting arrested after January 6th for, at worst, a misdemeanor and being put into D.C. prisons and forced to wait there with, you know, no trial, no speedy trial, no nothing. And when I thought when I read that, I thought that's pretty interesting. You know, the idea that we have um, political opponents, people that protested on January 6th and ninety nine point nine percent of the half a million or million people, whatever number it was, I've never heard seriously, I, because I wonder if you said there was a million people there and there was ninety nine point nine 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 percent didn't break any laws just went and and waved their flags and went home but the point oh 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 one percent that maybe broke trespass laws and, and didn't you know it's hard to picture how they expected how the media and the and the big government wants you to believe that they had an insurrection plan with no weapons and no plan they just were there but anyway the, the people are being targeted for attending a free speech, free association, free expression event. Again, with 99.9999% of people waved their flags and walked in the cold and went home. And if they were like me, they were somewhat disappointed, to be honest, at the at the level of the rhetoric. You know, the, the president, President Trump didn't have a he, he sort of felt like it was a valedictory to me. I mean, if you were there and I was there. But what Julie Kelly has identified and what the writer who, whose name I fails me now who said, what about the gulag? It, Julie Kelly has honed in on how it's completely acceptable 
in the in the legal system right now to arrest people on perhaps trespass, maybe less, and then keep them rotting in prison. And no one is upset. Not the ACLU, not the uh, Republicans in Congress. A few people have said something. There's not, there's not uh, protesting in the street. There's no Amnesty International. If this were happening in another country, I think Amnesty International would be there. And so here we come down to a, 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 um, a former federal prosecutor in this office, in D.C., where this is happening. His name is Glenn Kirshner. He's being interviewed by a guy named Scott McFarlane, who is with NBC4, which is a Washington, D.C. NBC affiliate. And this guy, McFarlane, is also a um, a host on uh, Sirius XM or something. I don't know. MSNBC also, maybe. And so McFarlane is interviewing this guy, Glenn Kirshner. And Kirshner says in the interview, people are getting what they deserve. And it is um, impactful. It is terrible. It is suffering. It is terrifying. It is uh, a, 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 but that's what they deserve. They deserve it because they participated in this process in the in, in the January sixth federal prosecutor on TV in public saying yes, the prisons are terrible. And yes, the people arrested deserve it. And they're going to be in rotten positions and terrifying things. And it's going to be a huge shock. And we shouldn't care because they deserve it. And as Julie Kelly points out, um, isn't there something in this country called innocent until proven guilty? I mean, isn't there any respect for the rule of law? And if there's not respect for the rule of law because you can target your political opponents, which is what it sounds like, it doesn't just sound like it, it is. It's targeting political opponents because you don't like them. You don't like the political opponents, therefore you target them. And you not only target them in the media, mocking them and belittling them and saying that they're wrong-headed, if not worse, you malign them and say that they're insurrectionists, even if they're just protesting. And then if you can, you put them in prison and you you don't just arrest them and charge them and make them come prove their innocence. You arrest them and charge them and jail them in very, very abhorrent facilities and in a way that is terrifying to them. And you take advantage of that and you say oh well you know they deserved it now perhaps we've come full circle where more conservatives like me and others should talk about the abuse of a power in our justice system and maybe if you're out there and you're a criminal justice advocate you say where have you been and you could say even to people like me you could say um you know there's people that broke laws like drugs or something and they end up in jail too long and we haven't had reform and my answer would be okay except it was president trump that signed a lot of federal law, a big federal law that changed the dynamic for people in that situation, at least as to federal law. It was uh, Attorney General Kamala Harris in in California who enforced a lot of the drug laws against the people there. Again, hypocrisy is not a distinguishing characteristic in politicians. They all do it. But let's be real about it. I'm very open to the point of view that we have some laws that are unevenly enforced, but I'll tell you, the hypocrisy of the media and the, uh, and the left, the sort of civil liberties left, it's insane. It's insane because all you can think of when you see it is they don't think, well, that they're fascists. 
They, they, they don't think that it could ever happen to them because they're so righteous. And frankly, this is the fruit of nearly four years of telling the world that Donald Trump was Hitler when there was no evidence of that. There was none. There was no evidence of race. You know, Donald Trump is a lot of things, a loudmouth mostly, but he's not a racist. His policies didn't show it. His personal life didn't show it. He's not an anti-Semite. His family is Jewish. He's supported Israel. They're pretty good. Israel's pretty good at spotting anti-Semites, by the way. If you ask the Israelis, they know an anti-Semite when they see one. They were pretty happy with Donald Trump. But for three and a half, almost four years, the media and big tech and big government, the Mueller report mostly, but also Adam Schiff and the lying, the lying Schiff and all these folks in the intelligence committee that were lying. I, I, I think I told you, I remember a Congress told me he went down to one of these skiffs, these secure rooms where he was briefed early on in the Russia, Russia, Russia and about Flynn specifically. And this congressman said, I can't tell you the specifics and I can't talk publicly about it because I'm forbidden to. But it was a clear setup, and, and Flynn is, is innocent. And he said, Adam Schiff is lying all over the place. But, you know, those guys lied, and it was weaponized by media, weaponized by big tech, weaponized by big government, Mueller, Sch- uh, Adam Schiff, and others. And now here we are, where you can use the legal system against Amer- the American people, and you can have federal prosecutors on TV bragging about it. Bragging about it. That's what we have. And Julie Kelly points it out. And here's the thing. It's, this is gulag stuff. Disagreeing with someone's political position and therefore punishing them, it has two effects. One, it destroys a person, which should matter. It should matter in America. It should matter. And two, it sends a message to the rest of the country. Don't take that position or you'll end up like that guy. You'll end up like that woman. You'll end up in a position where a former federal prosecutor will brag on television and say, yeah, 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 they got a really tough situation, really bad prisons, really rotten. It'll be tough for them. And But that's what you get. That's what you deserve. You weren't convicted. You weren't even tried. You haven't had due process. And you're trapped because you don't like their position. And it's not even nobody is doing nobody's. There's no violence here. There's nobody charged with violence. It's maybe trespass. And what are they calling it like disruption with official duties? Give me a break. Somebody should disrupt the official duties of Congress more often in the sense that we, the more they're doing is more trouble. All right, everybody, we got to take a break. When we come back, we will, we got a lot to cover. We will visit with uh, my, oh, actually tonight, I, you know, I, I, I did talk earlier tonight on, uh, on, um, Andrea Case show with Mickey Kaus. I wish I could have him back on this one, but he was tied up. So we'll get him later on. Jim Hansen's on, though. Jim Hansen's got a book out, and the book is really good. It's called Winning the Second Civil War. I'm about two-thirds of the way through. We'll talk with him. And then David Horowitz is back, our old friend David Horowitz. He will be on fire, I'm sure. So we'll talk to him in a few moments. All right, everybody, we'll take a break and be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report, back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest, I've been looking forward to it for a few weeks. Um, I, you, My listeners know that I love books, uh, Jim, and so I, I got your book, and I love getting books, especially from uh, Republic Book Publishers. My friend Al Regnery runs that with Eric Kamen, and they do a great job. And uh, So I got this book, and I did my trick. Uh, I'm talking, we're talking with Jim Hansen, the author. My trick is read the first and last chapter, and then see if I want to read more. And your book made me want to read more, so there we are. So 
I'm about 90% through it. And Jim Hansen is a former U.S. Army Special Forces uh, member, a military man who then became an executive, uh, ran multi-million dollar businesses in the tech sector, and has also uh, now worked to heads up America Matters and wrote a book called The Myth of White Fragility, which is really good, too. And this one is called Winning the Second Civil War Without Firing a Shot by Jim Hansen. Welcome, sir. How are you? Pleasure to be with you. Glad to, to talk about this important stuff. Yeah, so the beginning of your book, because I tracked in on it, and I thought, huh, you know, most authors are writing three months in advance, and so you, in the prologue, you are talking about January 6th. I mean, you were writing before that, obviously, but you you experienced January, so you write about the experience of January 6th, and I guess um, the Second Civil War, I mean, you know, I just did a commentary earlier in the show, and I said, you couldn't, I don't know, you couldn't design a modern gulag that looks like what they're doing to the men and women sitting in D.C. prisons for trespass, maybe vandalism, and you have federal prosecutors, retired federal prosecutors, bragging about how, you know, they deserve what they got because they were there at this political event. I, I mean, am I overdoing it, Jim, when you talk about a civil war? Aren't they targeting people based on their political views and making it clear? You know, they did it to Flynn. It was, it was lawfare of the first order, but at least he was a prominent person. Now they're doing it to regular folks uh, who happen to be in, the D, in D.C. on January 6th. Oh, no, you are absolutely correct that this is one of the most grotesque abuses of state power um, I've ever seen. And I'm including some of the stuff done by the Soviet Union. Yeah, they haven't gone to actual gulags yet. Um, but I think at this point, you know, they, they would love to, to get there. They are basically deciding right now. And the Biden administration just released their new strategy on domestic terrorism, which actually codifies this plan. They are going to use all the organs of state power to try and criminalize conservatism and punish conservatives. And we either fight back now or we end up eventually in a gulag. You know, early, we're talking with Jim Hansen again. His book is uh, from Republic Book Publishers, and it's and the title is "Winning the Second Civil War Without Firing a Shot." Chapter four, uh, Jim, was the combatants, and you're going through the combatants. You're basically describing, you know, who the players are. You got Antifa on the field. You got Black Lives Matter. You describe the left. Um, you know the the uh, NFAC, which is Black Nationalist Groups. You got the right, the Proud Boys, uh, Boogaloo Boys, and here's my neo Nazis, militia groups. You go through all this. Even QAnon's listed there. You're describing all the combatants. But I guess I want to say, you know, yes, those are sort of the obvious people on the ground. Um, but, you know, the power of big tech in the first chapter of your book, or maybe it was the prologue, you described how, you know, just instantly Twitter takes Flynn, Trump, uh, Powell, a few others off the playing field for basically what the left suggested. And, and they all backed up was the, you know, this great insurrection. And so isn't kind of the biggest combatant in this, the uh, big tech and the, maybe the second biggest big media? I think you're spot on right there. And one of the things that scared me the most in the new Biden counterterrorism plan was they actually outright mentioned partnering with the tech tyrants right. to shut right. down misinformation, disinformation and speech they dislike. So they're legitimately subcontracting out censorship and violations of the First Amendment because they can't do it themselves. And the, the tech guys were so good at it throughout the election that they, they basically shut down any story 
that damaged Biden and pushed every story in the world they could use to hurt Trump. So I, I agree with you 100 percent that they are one of the first battlegrounds, because if we can't talk about it, we can't tell everybody what they need to do. Yeah, well, in the, in the book, again, the winning the second civil war without firing a shot, Jim Hansen and it's, uh, Republic Book Publishers. Later in the book, uh, I always look for this. I was, uh, well, in a few moments, I'll talk with David Horowitz, who does this so well, and the late Phyllis Schlafly, for whom I worked. She used to write the books. She would say in the first, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine chapters, she'd describe everything that was wrong, and then she would turn to, what are we going to do about it? And you talk about the counterattack uh, late in the book, um, Jim. I, I get, you know, Second Amendment. It's a stabilizing thing, right? You know, it's actually the best protection for peace and you go into the Heller case and all I see it um, you come out of tech though and you so you talk about we need to do, have we have to find our own communication paths one of them you said was Hollywood but also I'm sure you agree it's tech but you know when we try to do tech parlor gets shut down by the infrastructure um, you know uh, guys like Mike Lindell who I love he says he's going to have a new free speech platform there's nothing there yet uh, Donald Trump says he might have one there's nothing there yet you know it's kind of like um could you could you compete with Standard Oil in 1915 or 1908 or whatever year it would be? Because you'd say, well, we could have more competition, but you can't get into the game. And so, when it comes to tech, uh, what you know, you came out of the field. What 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 could we envision? I, I think we have to keep trying. I, I agree with you. They have done a tremendous job at countering our counterattacks in that arena uh, because they still have the power. What we need to do is the next time we get into power, we need to crush those tech monopolies. There is nothing in the world that says we have to allow a monopoly that is biased and being used to shut down free speech to exist in this country. You can't have someone kicked off of their wireless network because you don't like what they're saying. You can't deny someone electricity because you don't like their political views. But you can stop them from engaging in what is our public information space, the social media. And that right now is an unacceptable situation. So we're going to have to work. There's a great lawsuit just filed in California by Harmeet Dillon, um, who is a, a yep. assassin yep. in this arena. And I think that's yeah. going to get some discovery against Twitter. But we need to fight those people and, and beat them. And then that will open up competition for our own uh, distribution channels. Uh, we're talking again with Jim Hansen, uh, former spe special forces operator, also a businessman and uh, now the author of a couple books. This one is Winning the Second Civil War Without Firing a Shot and Republic Book Publishers. I love those guys. I love what they're doing, the books they're publishing. Some of my uh, my listeners, they keep hearing me talk about Old Abe, one of my favorite books published by those guys in the last year or so. Um, Jim, earlier in the book now, I'm back looking at my notes, you talked about this, the Cold War and you know, one overlay of this situation is we actually do have, uh, I mean, an existential threat uh, outside of our borders in the form of the communist Chinese regime. And so part of me says every day when I wake up and watch the junk that's uh, that's pushing to the top of the social media froth and uh, showing up in stories in the New York Times and Politico is uh, the Chinese regime 
is much richer and much more powerful than the Soviets ever were. And they're not sitting around going, huh, I hope we can just build a Belt and Road Initiative and outspend these guys. They're infiltrating the country. They're influencing social media. It's not just TikTok. And it's not our data that they take. It's the persuasion of our people to make us grab at each other's throats over stupid stuff. And, and then they send us fentanyl. And then they steal our intellectual property. And then they're going to Mars faster than we are. And if they control space before we do, forget about it. It's going to be them in charge. And yet... You know, we we have sort of so many things in front of us, as you pointed out, threats and, 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 and domestic worries. But China is a real problem. It's not a minor problem. And they're lapped up. They're roped into each other, aren't they? They, they have to be taken as parallel. I, I took a look about two years ago and decided that the domestic threats outweighed the external threats as far as what was most likely to potentially destroy the republic. China is a bigger threat, but it's less likely to actually destroy the republic in the next couple of generations. The woke left is making a run at that. So I'm legitimately Mm -hmm. moving out of national security into domestic policy for that very reason. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean we can afford to avoid looking at our external enemies, but we have to go ahead and say, if, if we get undermined from within, then the Chinese can walk in and it's not like, you know, a bunch of arugula chomping, soy latte drinking pajama boys and girls are going to stop them. So we need to take control of our country again in order to actually be able to oppose them. Well, again, make it clear, excuse me, we're talking to Jim Hansen. His book is Winning the Second Civil War Without Firing a Shot. By the way, uh, you know, you talk about operators. Uh, uh, you said you're moving from national security to focus on domestic because you see domestic problems. Think about this. The move from national security to domestic policy, that's what Susan Rice did. I mean, Susan Rice went from sitting at the center of giving away America, you know, giving away to Iran lots of money and lots of power and, and joining all these stupid things. Now she's in the domestic policy in the White House running things, doing all this stuff. Stuff. I mean, you know, when the history's written, if, if if it's not written by man, someday I hope to learn from God the, the truth of all this, because it is really, really diabolical what Susan Rice and her her people are doing. She is. Uh, she's good is the, the really scary thing. And that's why I think for too long we <laughs> yeah. assumed that the Constitution and the rest would, would keep us safe. Um, we need to buttress that a little bit with our best people focused on the internal operations, organizations, and systems inside the United States for a bit and make sure that we don't let those fall to the woke left. Yep. Well, this is a good start. Winning the Second Civil War without firing a shot. Jim Hansen, Republic Book Publishers, is publishing it. Thank you very much, sir, for your time. Good to be with you, Ed. All right, we'll take a break, everybody. I'll put it up on social media. My uh, uh, some of this 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 interview and some other links, and also you can find it anywhere books are sold. Again, uh, winning the civil, winning the second civil war without firing a shot. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our old friend David Horowitz is with us again uh, today. Grateful that he could spend some time with us. He, of course, is his newest book uh, is The Enemy Within. Also, many other books that he's written. You go to frontpagemag.com, frontpagemag.com, and you can find out more. Now, David, we were just talking off the air. Uh, over at frontpagemag.com, you've got coverage of a petition uh, talking about uh, the military. Now, uh, walk me through this. Chief of Naval yeah. Look, okay. Why? Uh, the military brand, because they've swallowed whole the what I call a treasonous line of the Democrat Party, uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, the 1619 Project. They made it the official training of the troops. So what they're doing is they're. We now have two navies, a white navy and a black navy. And the black navy are victims and the white navy are oppressors. And they've got all this garbage, uh, you know, about white people um, being racist from birth. It's so divisive inside the navy. It's a destructive and and the army. Um, It it happened after, of course, the January 6th. demonstration in the Capitol, which I've written about in my book, The Enemy Within. The Democrats have tried to use that uh, the way the Nazis used the right stand fire, that Dennis to call it an armed insurrection and to question an election for them as treason. Um, but, you know, you may not have noticed, but one of the first things that happened is the Secretary of Defense uh, issued a stand down order for the army, uh, and and they're conducting a purge in the army of uh, people uh, who Republicans as domestic right. terrorists. So this is our campaign to strike back. Uh, first of uh, all, to t- expose what they're doing, you wouldn't believe the extent of this kind of training. They've got videos. They portray Obama and Clinton as champions of civil rights. Uh, and, of course, Republicans are racist. I mean, it's, it's quite poisonous stuff. Um, um, your, your listeners can uh, access it on my website at frontpagemagazine.com. It's the lead story today, but, um, uh, you know. David, 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 David Horowitz, we're talking to, and and uh, and his, new, his most recent book, just out about six weeks ago, Regnery Publishing. Uh, the book is "The Enemy Within: How a Totalitarian Movement Is Destroying America." He's a best-selling author at every level. But David, go back to your youth, and at this point, the way the uh, left is attacking uh, the institutions, and frankly, effectively doing so, right? I mean, th- at this point, you can say they've got themselves. Look, the Democrat yeah. Party is a racist party. It's conducting this witch hunt. Uh, it's got people still in jail from January 6th. It's thrown the book at uh, people who uh, it was a fairly mild demonstration compared to all the leftist ones. Uh, for example, the Lafayette Park, they were, you know, the reason the park police shut them down was that they were threatening to climb that White House fence and burn the White House the way they had burned the Church of the Presidents. So the Democrat Party is a party, it is the insurrectionary party, um, supporting this violence in the cities, so the lawlessness in New York and 
Portland, Oregon. I mean, we've lost major cities uh, to the criminals. Uh, blowing up the border in the midst of a global pandemic. It's not only that, they're letting the drug cartels in and the drug dealers um, and the sex traffickers uh, and, and God knows who else because they're coming from like 50 countries running across that southern border. But they've also, um, the conservative estimate is that 100,000 coronavirus car- carriers are coming across the border this year. And of course, we just had news today uh, of the new variants of the virus. They just, we don't, though we don't have a southern border, thanks to the Democrat Party. But, you know, I mean, if you were an enemy power, you know, wanting to destroy America, you destroy the borders, uh, you, you would create a one-party state, which is what they're doing by demonizing every Republican. Uh, questioning an election is very American. In fact, Democrats do it all the time. Uh, <laughs> That's right. In, two, in 2016, this rat, uh, Jamie Raskin, this wretched human being, liar and hypocrite who uh, led the fake impeachment of Trump, Trump being impeached because he allegedly incited the insurrection. When, what he, if you read the speech he gave, well, first of all, Trump said, I offered 10,000 troops for January 6th because he knew there was going to be trouble. And, that, and we know now that the FBI was part of the trouble, that there are 50 unindicted co-conspirators. Why are they unindicted? Because they were working for the military. And, and the FBI, I mean, it, it's monstrous what's happening. Um, but, uh, you, you know, China could just sit back and watch these guys demoralize our troops and take apart our country. Well, and, and and again, David, you know, your experience, we're talking with David Horowitz and, and the, his newest book is The Enemy Within. Uh, and, you know, someone said to me, they, they, the left is pushing back in the mainstream media saying, oh, no, no, the FBI didn't have FBI agents that were involved. Nobody said that. They just paid people to be informants, to be in the system. I don't I don't I don't necessarily there might have there might have been. Uh, some, yeah, but, and, but, but, and, to, and, 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 and to create whatever rough housing or not. I mean, the Democrats right. have. Pelosi clothing an armed insurrection that wasn't a single arm confiscated. The one person who was killed was an unarmed woman who was a Trump supporter and an Air Force veteran. Her murder is on video, and Pelosi has arrested the um, journalists who took the video, so they have the video. Uh, conceal the identity of the Capitol Police shooter and seen to it that their pawn in uh, this Merrick Garland who turned out to be worse than anything I ever imagined and just a political tool who's the um, Attorney General is not pressing charges. Um, so... You know, where does it, David, David, where does it, where does all this end up? I mean, where does it really end up? Well, the Democrats, uh, you know, my whole book, um, The Enemy Within, is about how the Democrats are, everything they're doing is driving towards a one party state. Their attack on free speech, demonizing 
anybody who disagrees with them is is a traitor or a white supremacist uh, or an armed insurrectionist or a domestic terrorist. Uh, There's no legitimate criticism you can make of Democrats or, you know, a racist, straight out. Um, They want to abolish the Electoral College, which is an institution that's in the Constitution. Uh, They don't give any real arguments. They just call it racist, which is ridiculous. Um, What it is is an institution which forces compromise and moderation on political parties. Because it forces the presidential campaigns to compete in states where they don't have a natural majority, so they have to make compromises. Really, the advice of the founders, Uh, you know, blowing up the borders. um, Right. They're going to register all these illegals. They won't give them driver's Mm -hmm. licenses and so forth. Yeah. So every. You want to pack the Supreme Court and want to end the filibuster. Every one of these things is designed to create a one-party state run by the Democrats. Mm. All right. Hey, right. I'm out out of time, David. Unfortunately, the the book is called The Enemy Within, How a Totalitarian Movement is Destroying America. Everybody should get it. It came out just six or eight weeks ago now, and uh, you'll find out more. I've got to run, David. Thank you, as always. And uh, we'll take a break, everybody, and be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Major League Baseball shamefully pandered to leftists by pulling the 2021 All-Star Game out of Georgia. The move came on the heels of a new law designed to prevent voter fraud in the Peach State. The left calls the law racist, yet Democrats are the ones who falsely claim black people are too ignorant to know how to get a photo ID. It's sad to see the MLB fall for these crazy leftist talking points. Trump's strong response in calling for a boycott of MLB deserves a standing ovation. Texas Governor Greg Abbott hit a home run by announcing that Texas will no longer seek to host MLB events. Liberals pressured MLB and other corporations about the Georgia law so that they could, quote, stop what happened in Georgia from happening in other states, end quote, as Democrat Stacey Abrams admitted. Election integrity bills similar to Georgia's are being considered in other states, and leftists are enlisting executives to try to stop this good legislation. With so much noxious political posturing going on, it's no wonder sports stadiums have been slowly emptying for the last decade. Believe me on this, their troubles began long before COVID came along. The successful Atlanta Braves team, which has repeatedly won its division, properly repudiated the pullout of the All-Star game from Georgia. It just stinks, declared veteran Atlanta pitcher Charlie Morton in criticism of the pullout. The Braves organization said it was deeply disappointed by the pullout decision and that businesses, employees, and fans in Georgia are the victims of this decision. Donald Trump piled on by adding, It's finally time for Republicans and conservatives to fight back. We have more people than they do by far. Boycott Major League Baseball, Coca-Cola, Delta Airlines, J.P. Morgan Chase, Viacom CBS, Citigroup, Cisco, UPS, and Merck. Don't go back to their products. No politician before Trump has ever had the guts he does in taking on corporations and crony capitalism. Not even Teddy Roosevelt stood up against so many powerful, entrenched corporate interests. Baseball does not belong to a few overpaid executives and wealthy owners, and its commissioner should resign. The sport belongs to the fans, to the volunteers, and to the grassroots. We ought to reclaim baseball for our own before these bigwigs ruin it forever. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Our mission, clearly stated at phyllisschlafly.com, is to enable and mobilize grassroots activism on behalf of cherished conservative values. You're encouraged today to go online and read the goals we support and those we oppose. Then join us. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and come back next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, I, we need to finish up today. Uh, Burgess Owens. Burgess Owens is a great man. He is a um, incredible story. Um, I love uh, I love having him on uh, on my radio show. I had him on uh, my TV program with the Collegians, Phyllis Schlafly Collegians Summit. Um, played in the Super Bowl with the Raiders, won a Super Bowl ring with the uh, Oakland Raiders, played at the University of Miami, football player. Uh, I think his position was cornerback. He might have played safety in um, in the NFL. And then he was a businessman. He has six children, 15 grandchildren. And last year he was elected to the United States Congress. He happens to be an African-American. He also happens to be a devout uh, uh, Mormon and a great guy and a great communicator. And earlier today, he tweeted, uh, very simply, a story about uh, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island, Democrat from Rhode Island, who belongs to an all-white club. All-white club. And all Burgess Owen said was, um, yeah, photo ID for voting is supposed to be Jim Crow, uh, but all-white uh, beach club, did I say golf club? I meant beach club. All-white beach club in Rhode Island in 2021, um, that's what, progress? And my answer to you all is, the people who are racist in this country, the group of people that are racist, not not who talk about it, not who wear dumb t-shirts, not who you or I or someone else tries to read their mind. The people whose conduct is racist are white Democrats. And let me prove it to you. Sheldon Whitehouse, what racist? He's a racist. White Democrat, racist. He's a racist. You belong to a whites, you belong to a whites only beach club in 2021. You, you're racist. Period. Here's another group. Every single city that has a school board, it is controlled by white Democrats, almost entirely, a few blacks, a few black Democrats too, but almost entirely white Democrats. Think about St. Louis, Detroit, Washington, D.C., all these places. And you know what? The school systems in those urban centers are racist. The only, the only people in this country that are racist, you can say as a group, are white Democrats. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Sheldon Whitehouse, perfect example. The people who filibustered to stop the civil rights bill 50 years ago, white Democrats. Okay, you don't have to go far to figure out who's the racist. And the standard trick, and we just heard it a few moments ago from David Horowitz, is the left tries to tell, to, to say, to blame the other people for the things they are. So they say, huh, you're racist. No, no, there's, there's no, there's no evidence that white Republicans, white conservatives are racist. Go to it, go to an evangelical church and see in 2021 if they are not interested in welcoming any person who wants to embrace, uh, uh, accept Jesus Christ as a personal savior. Go and see. You can go anywhere in this country. There'll be black people, white people, orange people, purple people, uh, Asian people, African American, Hispanic American. There'll be whatever. Pick a top, pick a type. And in a church, conservative church a christian church not a goofy church not one of them i mean the goofy ones may have lots of people too but go to a go to an evangelical so you'd say conservative probably republican voting and see what's there it's not racist 
but go to your go to an inner city, go to St. Louis. St. Louis, around the St. Louis school board are the enablers, the school teachers union, white Democrats, the mayors. Actually, the mayor in St. Louis is now an African-American woman. She's brand new. But the, the mayors up till now, white Democrats, the people that are in charge of the of the uh, of the of the political scene in St. Louis that influences the school board and the and the board of, uh, of the education, white Democrats, the racists in this country are white Democrats. Period. Including, by the way, Joe Biden, including the people that promote all this, uh, this uh, critical race theory. As I told you before, critical race theory, it is racist, but that's not as important as it is demeaning to kids. It tells kids you're one of two things. You're either an absolute loser, a victim. If you're black, you're a victim. Or if you're not black, you're a bigot. Now, if you teach kids to be anything other than loved and uh, and and have a, a bright future, you're doing damage to them. But when you do it that way, tell them they're victims over and over again. You do, by the way, if you do it to adults, it feels bad and it doesn't it doesn't bode well for them. But you do it to kids, devastating. Anyway, back to my point. Burgess Owens tweets this about Sheldon Whitehouse. How in in 2021? Imagine if Senator Rand Paul or Senator Rick Scott. Here's a good one, Senator Rick Scott. Rich guy of Florida. It was revealed that in Florida, he belonged to an all-white beach club. Imagine what would happen. Can you picture it? Imagine if Donald Trump, Donald Trump, when he took possession of Mar-a-Lago, he demanded that they let, that they make, they change the rules so it become integrated. He did that. They're just hypocrisy is not a distinguishing characteristic in uh, in this moment in in history. All right, uh, but there we are. So uh, check out Burgess Owens on Twitter. Great stuff. I'll put it up on social media. He is uh, he is a leader. I think he's a coming man. I want to tell you something. He want me a prediction. What day is today? It's um I'm, I, I I'm I'll let's say June. Let's go to this. June of 2021. Let me be the first one to say it. Burgess Owens will be the vice presidential candidate in 2024. How about that? Somebody write that down. Okay. All right, everybody. We got to take a break. Oh, we got to take a break. We're going to finish up. I want to say thank you to our great technical director and producer, Noah Dingley. Uh, he also uh, produces uh, Andrea K. Show, and I filled in for her, and he's a big help. So thank you, Noah, for everything you do. Thank you to Joanna uh, for booking the great guests, and thank you for listening. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and uh, sign up there for the daily email as well as get all these interviews as standalone links. And we will be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back, in, uh, back tomorrow. See you. America Report on The Answer, San Diego.